Hey, it's Brian, back with another Burr Month's bonus episode. And by the time you hear this, we'll be just days away from the first Christmas Past live show recorded at the Great Dickens Christmas Fair. I'll be joined by Tim Babb from Can't Wait for Christmas and maybe you too, if you're in the area. Go to dickensfair.com for details. And then, just days after that, it's Thanksgiving. And that means all six episodes of My Dear Santa, A True Crime Christmas Caper, will arrive in your podcast feeds. And from there, we're off to the races with more of the stories behind your favorite Christmas traditions and your Christmas memories. And you know what? I'm even going to do more of these bonus episodes like this all throughout the season. Yes, 2019 is going to be the biggest season yet for Christmas Past, and I'm excited to have you along for the ride. And if you're going to be anywhere near Los Angeles on December 15th, maybe you and I will see each other at Christmasland, an immersive Christmas movie experience. It'll include appearances by screenwriter Tracy Andreen, as well as old friends of Christmas Past, the boys from the Deck the Hallmark podcast, and Alonzo Duralde, the author of Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. I'll be there too, getting people into the spirit by sharing Christmas memories. So go to christmaslandexperience.com to get your tickets. There's still time. And it's never too early to think about what comes after Christmas of 2019, so let me mention something to you now. A Christmas in July conference is in the works for 2020 in Nashville. I'm already on board to appear there, but I don't have specific details just yet. But keep an eye on silverscreenevents.com for details and follow them on Instagram at christmasinjulyconvention. And keep listening to Christmas Past for details, but you were going to do that anyway, weren't you? Okay, now on with this week's episode. This week I'm reading you Hans Christian Andersen's 1845 short story, The Little Match Girl. I'll be back at the end to say goodbye, but in the meantime, let's get to it. Most terribly cold it was. It snowed and was nearly quite dark and evening, the last evening of the year. In this cold and darkness there went along the street a poor little girl, bareheaded and with naked feet. When she left home she had slippers on, it was true, but what was the good of that? They were very large slippers, which her mother had worn hitherto, so large they were, and the poor little thing lost them as she scuffled away across the street because of two carriages that rolled by dreadfully fast. One slipper was nowhere to be found, and the other had been laid hold of by an urchin, and off he went with it. He thought it would do capitally for a cradle when he someday or other should have children himself. So the little maiden walked on with her tiny naked feet that were quite red and blue from cold. She carried a quantity of matches in an old apron, and she held a bundle of them in her hand. Nobody bought anything of her the whole live-long day, and no one had given her a single farthing. She crept along trembling with cold and hunger, a very picture of sorrow, the poor little thing. The flakes of snow covered her long, fair hair, which fell in beautiful curls around her neck, but of that, of course, she never once now thought. From all the windows the candles were gleaming, and it smelt so deliciously of roast goose, for you know it was New Year's Eve. Yes, of that, she thought. In a corner formed by two houses, of which one advanced more than the other, she seated herself down and cowered together. 
Her little feet she had drawn close up to her, but she grew colder and colder, and to go home she did not venture, for she had not sold any matches and could not bring a farthing of money. From her father she would certainly get blows, and at home it was cold too, for above her she had only the roof, through which the wind whistled, even though the largest cracks were stopped up with straw and rags. Her little hands were almost numbed with cold. Oh, a match might afford her a world of comfort. If she only dared take a single one out of the bundle, draw it against the wall and warm her fingers by it. She drew one out. How it blazed, how it burned. It was a warm, bright flame, like a candle, as she held her hands over it. It was a wonderful light. It seemed really to the little maiden as though she were sitting before a large iron stove with burnished brass feet and a brass ornament at top. The fire burned with such blessed influence. It warmed so delightfully. The little girl had already stretched out her feet to warm them too, but the small flame went out. The stove vanished and she had only the remains of the burnt-out match in her hand. She rubbed another against the wall. It burned brightly, and where the light fell on the wall, there the wall became transparent, like a veil, so that she could see into the room. On the table there was spread a snow-white tablecloth. Upon it was a splendid porcelain service, and the roast goose was steaming famously with its stuffing of apple and dried plums. And what was still more capital to behold was, the goose hopped down from the dish, reeled about on the floor with the knife and fork in its breast till it came up to the poor little girl, when the match went out and nothing but the thick, cold, damp wall was left behind. She lighted another match. Now she was sitting under the most magnificent Christmas trees. It was still larger and more decorated than the one that she had seen through the glass door in the rich merchant's house. Thousands of lights were burning on the green branches, and gaily colored pictures such as she had seen in shop windows looked down upon her. The little maiden stretched out her hands toward them when the match went out. The lights of the Christmas tree rose higher and higher. She saw them now as stars in heaven. One fell down and formed a long trail of fire. Someone is just dead, said the little girl, for her old grandmother, the only person who had loved her, and who was now no more, had told her that when a star falls, a soul ascends to heaven. She drew another match against the wall. It was again light, and in the luster there stood the old grandmother, so bright and radiant, so mild, and with such an expression of love. "'Grandmother!' cried the little one. "'Oh, take me with you. "'You go away when the match burns out. "'You vanish like the warm stove, "'like the delicious roast goose, "'like the magnificent Christmas tree.' "'And she rubbed the whole bundle of matches "'quickly against the wall, "'for she wanted to be quite sure "'of keeping her grandmother near her. "'And the matches gave such a brilliant light "'that it was brighter than at noonday. "'Never formerly had the grandmother been so beautiful.' and so tall. She took the little maiden on her arm, and both flew in brightness and in joy so high, so very high, and then above was neither cold, nor hunger, nor anxiety. They 
were with God. But in the corner, at the cold hour of dawn, sat the poor girl, with rosy cheeks and with a smiling mouth, leaning against the wall, frozen to death on the last evening of the old year. Stiff and stark sat the child there with her matches, of which one bundle had been burnt. She wanted to warm herself, people said. No one had the slightest suspicion of what beautiful things she had seen. No one even dreamed of the splendor in which, with her grandmother, she had entered on the joys of a new year. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed reading it to you. It's a nice reminder that not all Christmas stories are the warm, fuzzy ones we're used to today. Nowadays, a Christmas story is either a romance or a story of a homecoming, but back in the day, Christmas stories could be sad or scary. Later in the season, I'm even doing an entire episode about that Victorian tradition of telling ghost stories at Christmas, and I hope you enjoy that too. And while it's technically not a proper Christmas story because it takes place on New Year's Eve, it's gone on to become associated with the holiday season in general and Christmas in particular. Now before I let you go, let me remind you that if you like this show, a really quick and simple way that you can show support is to help more people find it. You can tell a friend about it or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews make the show more visible when people search for Christmas content there. And if you do that, I'll even send you a sticker to say thanks. You can write me at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com for details. Or you can get in touch with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're not a member of the Facebook group yet, you really should be. We have a lot of fun there all year round, and especially now that the season's picking up. Christmas Past is produced in sunny San Mateo, California, by yours truly, Brian Earle. And until we meet again, which will be very soon, may your days be merry and bright. <laughs>